tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. You're listening to Pulse Radio. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for a special edition of Pulse Sports on today. We would be live on ColorCast, but see, what had happened was the Wi-Fi's out in my house. This happened before when I did another NBA update show, uh, but it's out again. And we had a real cool Kevin Durant jersey giveaway that we were going to do, but I guess we're going to wait for it. I guess, uh, because I want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to go after it and win it. So if you're listening to this right now, make sure to follow Pulse Radio 100 on social media and also make sure to follow Randall Barnes on ColorCast and I might be casting a game really soon. So I like to do one every Thursday. I mean, it's some good games coming on on Thursday, the Celtics versus the Heat. I'm going to cast that game, all right? I'm going to cast that game for the people, all right? So just, just get ready for that. But let's just run through what's going on in the NBA. Uh, Do you hear about Robert Sarver? Robert Sarver has a very toxic workplace going on with the Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns. Robert Sarver uses the N-word. He uh, parades around the office and he was, you know, showing uh, a picture of his wife in a bikini. And he's, you know, talking about having like like talk talking gratuitously about having sex with his wife and a lot of different things that the owner of a team should not be doing um it, it it's so crazy that after the situation with John Gruden uh this Robert Sarver you know news came out but rightfully so um shout out to uh the reporter that reported this because it needs to be known um you know there's no place for racism in this game there's no place for bigotry within this game there's no place for a toxic work environment really anywhere. All these things, there's no place for them anywhere. But specifically when you're a leader, you know something, I, I want to be honest, right? I want to be really honest. It's times where I feel as if I'm a bad leader. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because when I look at sports, right, and we quantify leadership as you leading your team to victory and you keeping your people motivated. But oftentimes as a leader um, of my businesses and, and, you know, the HBCU community with HBCU Pulse, I question myself and I ask, am I really a leader? Am I leading my people the right way? Am I motivating people? Like, am I putting my folks in the best predicament to succeed? Am I speaking out on issues that matter? Am I running from things? You know, leadership is hard. And But one thing is not hard to be is a decent human being. While leadership is hard, being a decent human being should be rather easy. You treat people with respect. You set clear and defined boundaries. You don't overstep those boundaries. 
and you operate with the notion of, man, I want to do better by the folks that work for me because they're making a sacrifice. So I want to make a sacrifice on behalf of them because at the end of the day, I'm helping them feed their families. I'm helping them build their wealth and their legacy. Being a leader is hard, but being a decent human being is not. Robert Sarver and the things I've heard about Robert Sarver and that son's organization, especially these past 10 years, but his bigotry and his racism and and just the sexism and all this going on, just the toxic workplace, it's been going on since 2006. Dude, it's not hard to be a decent human being. It's not hard to be a leader that at very least attempts to lead with empathy and at least attempted Robert Sarver. Can, can you try and it's so interesting because the Suns went so far with the addition of Chris Paul. And you have James Jones, who's the G- who's the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, and he's done such an amazing job, and he won executive of the year last year. So for all that success and all that greatness to be coming from that Phoenix Suns organization, and they had an amazing run on last year, and whether you like it or not, whether you thought the Lakers would have made it or not, whether you thought if Kawhi was, wasn't was injured, the Clippers would have made it, whether you thought that, oh, if Jamal Murray was on the Nuggets, that they would have made it. At the end of the day, the Suns had an amazing run to the NBA Finals. And at the end of the day, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden and all them boys, Mikael Bridges and all them boys on that team, they they had a level of success and they went further than the best Phoenix Suns teams did. And I'm not talking about the 90s, Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, Phoenix Suns. I'm talking about the running gun, seven seconds or less, Mike D'Antoni, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion-led team. They went further than they did. They bested the Lakers, which was something that the Suns seemingly could never really do except that one time when Kobe was by himself. When Kobe had help, when Kobe had Paul Gasol, when Kobe had his boys, they couldn't get past them. They went further than what Steve Nash did, got to the finals, and was really close to winning, but they collapsed. I think injuries played a part. I think Chris Paul was injured. So that that organization had a lot of prominence, had a lot of greatness that came from that season last year. Now it's marred. Now it's scarred. And now we have to see what's going to happen with the team because Chris Paul dealt with this with Donald Sterling. So what I really want to know is what is Chris Paul and his teammates going to do? Are they going to stand against this toxic work workplace? Are they going to act as if it's not happening? Are they going to eventually speak out? Are they going to sit out a game if he isn't removed? And what is Adam Silver going to do? Because Adam Silver, um, he was in his infancy as a commissioner when Donald Sterling had his situation in 2014. Because he remember David Stern and rest in peace to David Stern. David Stern stepped down as the commissioner in 2013. So one of, you know, Adam Silver's first big incidents was Donald Sterling. So I think Adam Silver has done amazing as a commissioner. I think he's a leader. He's a great leader. He's a leader that leads with empathy. He was on the cutting edge of all the sports when it came to COVID prevention and even shutting down the season back in 2020 when Rudy Gobert tested positive to make sure the players were safe. I think that for the most part, they did a they had a great reopening strategy where now you see that fans are back. And they trickled back in even before the season was over, and they had a tremendous impact on the games that we saw them at, which was those later games. 
So I think that Adam Silver is doing an amazing job, and I believe that Adam Silver is going to handle this the best way that he can. He's They're going to do an investigation, which that's the due diligence that has to go on. You can't just say, hey, owner, give up your team. It has to be an investigation, but let's be honest. It's, it's, it's probably true. <laughs> let's be 100% honest here. So I hope that this doesn't affect what's going on on the court, and maybe it is. The Suns have not been doing all that great. I don't think it's just a Wilson ball that's making it where they're not doing great. They have pretty much the exact same team. I would choose to believe that adding Landry Shaman and JaVel McGee has improved their team. I think JaVel McGee is a great backup big for the team. Very energetic. He's a lob threat with Chris Paul. Like he is athletic. He was on, you know, the gold medal team this year. I think JaVel McGee is a definite upgrade. So the team to me has gotten marketedly better but they're struggling and they didn't struggle like this last year, their first year, they didn't struggle like this. Now they're struggling. I think that maybe it's some storms that are being weathered behind the scenes. I don't think it's just injuries. I don't think it's the change of the Wilson ball. I don't think it's COVID. I think it's some culture stuff that's going on and the Suns have to figure it out or else everything they did last year will be useless. Um, Another thing that went down uh, before we get to what's going on on the court, uh, Scottie Pippen aired out Michael Jordan in his new book. Uh, basically saying that, you know, Michael Jordan releasing The Last Dance, if he made it all about himself, it was all in an effort uh, to make himself appear better and bigger than LeBron James. And he basically treated Scottie Pippen like the second fiddle, like the Robin. And he felt as if when Michael Jordan said that Scottie was his best teammate ever, like he was being condescending. And what a lot of folks are saying and what I believe is that I think that Scotty is holding in some hurt. It has been, what, 30 years since The Last Dance. That movie came out last year during the pandemic. I think it was supposed to come out either in the summer or some point in time this year. I think it was supposed to come out in the summer. But they released it in April due to the pandemic. It's over. Like the, the the movie happened. I think it's something that he's been harboring for years against Michael that's finally coming out. And I think that Scotty is entitled to tell his truth. Um, I think that is Scotty's version, it's Michael's version, and it's the truth. Now it's it's interesting that the information that he's divulging came out in a book. Is that's interesting to me. Uh, but at the same time, I think that Scotty is well entitled to how he feels. And I think that honestly, I think Michael and Scotty need to have a personal sit down. Does it matter? Like, it's not like they play for the Bulls now. It's not like they're in the league now. But I just think that you don't want to go, you know, any further in your life and in your, you know, your retirement having beef with like a teammate where you had so much success with like y'all won six rings together. Like y'all didn't win without each other. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like that's just, it's so like, we're so crazy. And it's just, you know, I think they need to resolve that. Stephen A. Smith uh, says that, you know, there's no resolving it. Like there's no way back for the duo. Um, but I hope that cool heads prevail. Like Charlemagne says on the breakfast club nowadays, I'm going to send them healing energy. Um, but you know, they're too grown for this. And I hope that eventually Michael and Scotty have a reprieve and, you know, they speak and they squash things, whether it's on TV, on NBA TV, like how they did with Kobe and Shaq, or they do it behind the scenes. But this is not a good look. But I'm definitely going to be checking out Scotty's book. It was good promo, though. I'll give him that. It was good promo, man. Hey, horns for the good promo. 
Made me want to read it. Jeez, made me want to read it, man. I'm going to pick that thing up. I'm reading. And you know what's so crazy? I'm reading Hang Time. So I want to, you know, give you the book that I'm reading, right? So um, I've read, and I'm going to check the number, right? Because <laughs> I'm very proud of this. So first, okay, the, the book popped up, okay? So the book I'm reading right now, all right? Let me go to the cover. It is called Hang Time to Prime Time. From Hang Time to Prime Time, Business, Entertainment, and the Birth of the Modern Day NBA by Pete Crotto. By Pete Crotto, right? So, like, I am enjoying this book. It is very enlightening. Uh, I'm learning a lot about business and about how the NBA had to fight for all it is now because the NBA is must-see television, especially once the NFL is over. And I know they just moved... Uh, the NBA off of Thursdays because you have the NFL, they're doing Thursday night football and the NBA doesn't want to compete head to head with the NFL in its last season on linear television on Thursdays because the NFL you know, broadcasting rights are going to be shifted over uh, to Amazon Prime. So Amazon Prime is going to be doing an online stream of those NFL games on Thursdays for Prime subscribers. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes and if that's going to draw any eyeballs away from linear television or if it drops down the rating number, even especially if it's like a good game, like how you had, um, you know, the Packers versus the Cardinals. That was a really good game on last Thursday. I'm, I'm glad the NBA didn't go up against that because I want the NBA to succeed as my favorite league and in a business sense. That was a really good game. Actually went down to the wire a bit, but every Thursday night football game is not a marquee. You know what I'm saying? So, but I do think it's safe to move NBA on TNT, your prime product for the season. I think there is a good idea to give it its own night on Tuesday. Now that baseball is over, congratulations to the Braves. Congratulations to the Braves for winning the World Series as a Georgian. I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not going to say it and lie to you. I'm a basketball fan. However, just to see a team from my state succeeding is always an amazing thing. But, you know, the MLB is over. Now the NBA can just dominate that Tuesday. And then, you know, once the football season is over, it's going to be, uh, you know, over uh, in February. And then January is going to be football game. It's going to be playoff football games. So you're probably not going to see that Thursday football game number. So in January, they're going to switch it up, you know, and they're going to, you know, bring back those Thursday games. And I think they're going to do probably – you know, Tuesday, Shaq, Dwayne Wade, and Candace Parker, um, and, and and then you got Adam, you know, and then you have, you know, Ernie, Kenny, um, Charles, and Shaq. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have that Tuesday-Thursday combo again with just all these national basketball games. So, you know, hopefully they do get that together. Uh, but this book is so enlightening, man, and it is, I believe, my 13th book that I've read. My internet's out, so I can't fully tell you that. But it's my first, It's the 13th book uh, that I've read uh, on this year so pick it up if you want to get a good nba book pick it up all right uh but let's pick up and talk about some stuff that's going on on the court right i watched the hawks versus the nets and james harden and i can't pull up the exact score uh unless i look i'm, I'm gonna try my best to get my data going on my other phone i have two phones one for the plug one for the low um so you know i'm gonna pull up the stat on my phone, but James Harden, I don't know if this is going to be who he is this season, but I did like that James was more of a facilitator. Like that was what I was saying in the last NBA update that I was doing is that if James isn't scoring the ball well, if he's not putting the ball in the basket, 
if his hamstring is not allowing him to drive to the basket, just facilitate, be the point guard. And that's something that he did. I, I must admit he did it. You know, um, I, I think that the Hawks were on the verge of really coming back because Kevin Durant is your only real offensive weapon on the court because Kyrie isn't there, of course. We're not going to drag that on. And then James Harden isn't playing up to his standards. Like Kevin Durant is the only offensive weapon. And while James is repurposing his game and James had, I'm um, looking at it, he had 16 points somehow. He had 11 assists. Now, granted, those 16 points, he didn't have 16 points when it mattered. All right? He, he didn't have 16 points when it mattered. He scored a three-pointer that I think essentially put the game away. Uh, he um, ended up 5 of 14, and all of his shots were three-pointers. He hit a three-pointer at the end uh, that, you know, iced the game. But James looked pathetic. And his free-throw attempts, he only shot one free-throw, and that was actually, I believe, on an and-one. So I don't know when James is going to finally heat it up. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take him to nurse that hamstring and get it right. I honestly don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take him to nurse that hamstring. You know, um, but I must say that Kevin Durant did have help. Joe Harris scored more than James Harden had 18 points. Yeah, Bruce Brown that had 10 points, which one thing I don't understand with Bruce Brown, I'm going to try to paint the picture. So it's like Bruce Brown will do a dribble handoff. Like he'll be wide open on the perimeter and he'll do a dribble handoff. And he'll like look around. He'll like look around for three seconds, shot clock running down. And he'll try to find like, like Joe Harris or Kevin Durant curling. And I'm like, Bruce Brown, like you're wide open. Like why are you looking to pass when you're wide open? Like, are you being a Ben Simmons, sir? Do we need to do an APB out on you? <laughs> because we we roasted Ben Simmons and we're saying, oh, Russell Westbrook don't shoot. But Bruce Bruce Brown is wide open. I, I feel like Bruce Brown is trying to find the guy, and maybe that's the play. I get it. You want to you know get the ball to the higher percentage shooter, but he does that so often, and he did it a lot during um, the Buck series, and he did it very noticeably many plays in Game 7, especially when Kevin Durant was on the floor because Joe Harris wasn't hitting in that game seven against the Bucks, So, you know, Kevin Durant, he was trying to get the ball to Kevin. And, you know, Kevin will run that curl. And then you have Bruce Brown that would sort of wait and try to get Kevin the ball. And, you know, Kevin, you know, would do his thing. But I just don't understand why they don't run some plays where Bruce tries to shoot. I mean, I've seen Bruce shoot. And he'll make them. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know why they don't run, you know, more action for Bruce where, you know, they can get Bruce going. Because if James Harden is going to be – a under 20 points per night score, only going to the line once. If you have, like, you know, your older players on the bench, and Blake Griffin's in the starting lineup, but LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, you have these older players that are hitting this. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge was going in last night. Like, he had 10 points. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he was hitting everything that went up. But I can't tell you that LaMarcus is going to do that every night. So, if... James is not going to step up. You can't really rely on Blake and Paul Millsap and LaMarcus to consistently give you double figures great nights like how they did last night because Blake did pretty well. Um, and there's one thing that um, Doris Burke kept saying is that Blake looks more fluid. He, he's out there. He's moving around really well. And while the point total didn't really tell the story, if you look at the box score, he had seven points. 
He also had seven rebounds, five assists, and one block. And he was, you know, he was getting out there trying to guard Trey Young. You know, Trey Young made him dance one time for a three pointer, um, like you know, to start the game. But Blake was getting out there, and Blake is providing a level of effort. And I think that Blake is an important player uh, on that roster. Now, do I think he's washed? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't change what I said to start the season. I still think that Blake Griffin is washed, and I think that Blake knows he's washed. But if he plays within his role, it's perfectly fine. But what's not fine is James Harden. James, how long is it going to take for you to nurse your hamstring? I am sensitive to your personal health, and I know that you know your body. But James Harden is such a great player, and James's skill set is doesn't lend itself to athleticism. Now, there's times where James has burst into the basket and has dunked on people before, but James's skill set was drawing fouls. You, you got me there. But James Harden has always been an adept shooter, and he has handles out of this world. I just don't understand why he can't just, you know, cross someone up and easily blow by him and then get a layup. I just don't understand why he doesn't do that. I mean, the Hawks, I like the Hawks. Um, the Hawks used to be my favorite team way back in the day when they had Josh Smith and Al Horford and Joe Johnson. But I got off that wave really quick because I knew the Hawks weren't going to be going anywhere. Um, but the Hawks look so promising and they did great last year. And I think that, you know, they're going to run into some roadblocks. They play the jazz tonight, but the Hawks look so promising with Deandre Hunter and Cam Reddish and John Collins and Trey young. They have such a deep roster. And if, if all of those young players start to click, like how Trey young is clicked, they're going to be unstoppable. It's just that, you know, DeAndre Hunter had an amazing game last night. Like, he was hitting every shot he put up. He had 26 points to lead his team. He he only missed one shot. He made six three-pointers, 10 of 11 from the field. He hit all of his three-pointers, and he was pulling up on everybody. Like, if, De, if DeAndre Hunter can give you that with Cam Reddish coming off the bench and then John Collins is delivering posters and is a great lob threat for Trey, just like how, you know, Capella is, and then Trey can give you, you know, the cool, you know, 26, 27 points per game, maybe 30, you know, can stretch the floor with his, his three-point shooting, the Hawks are going to be dangerous, and no one's talking about them. But my thing is this, though. Even without Kyrie, the Nets should have run through the Hawks the same way they did to end the third quarter going into the fourth quarter because they just were outclassing the Hawks. The Hawks just defensively, they could not stop Kevin. They could not stop just the shooting and the way that the Nets were parading to the basket. They couldn't stop that. Now, when Steve Nash shockingly put in his superstarless back, like his superstarless lineup, it then started to present a problem. That's when it then started to present a problem. So I, I just I don't know, man, to be honest, when it comes to like the Nets, like I think that they're going to win some games and people like because and, I, and I, I thought about this. I hope this makes sense. All right. I thought about this. You know, one thing that I noticed and I told my dad this, um, that, su that success and winning is like deodorant. If you stink. The deodorant might cover it up for a little bit, but if you stink, you stink. <laughs> like, I think the Nets, it's something stinking over there. It's something that's stinking over there. And I think it might be a dead body. It might be James Harden's, you know, past. It might be, you know what I'm saying, the ghost of James Harden's past that's riding over there, his skill set from the past. His, his Rockets days are surely past him. 
But it's something stinking with the Knicks I don't like. And people are going to focus on the Lakers. You know, LeBron's going to be out. I think he has, a, has an, as, um, an abdominal, he has an abdominal strain that he's dealing with. So I believe that, you know, LeBron's going to be out for a week. And they play the Thunder again tonight. And I'm going to be watching that game for sure. They play the Thunder tonight. Uh, we're going to see if, you know, Russ and AD, like Russ is starting to get cooking and get in the groove. Uh, they're going to play the Thunder again. Hopefully it goes better. But, like, y'all are going to criticize the Lakers no matter what. What about the Nets? And you don't even have to say a word about Kyrie Irving. We get it. Kyrie is gone. He's out until somehow, some way in January when the new mayor, Eric Adams, takes office. They'll figure things out. But my whole entire thing is this, man. My whole entire thing is if James Harden is not going to give us the at very least 22 to 23 points per game, give, give, give me a good 24 or 25. You don't have to score 30 anymore. You don't have to drop 60 points anymore unless we absolutely need it. Kevin is going to be a bucket no matter what. I've never seen Kevin Durant really have a bad game, especially a consistent string of bad games the way that we've seen with James Harden. Kevin Durant, until he retires, is going to always be a bucket because Kevin Durant's scoring ability doesn't rely, on, well, doesn't rely on athleticism. It relies on him just being bigger and taller than the people on the court. He's quicker than the bigs. He's taller than, than the smaller players. No one can really stop him, not even P.J. Tucker. He just wears him down. That's the only way you can really stop Kevin Durant. The only person that can stop Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. I just got to say this, man. Just We have to really monitor this, this Nets team because I, I see, I, hear, I smell something stinking. I smell something stinking. Success is like deodorant. Like really look at it in a real way. Yeah, they're five, they're, they're five and three. You know, like they beat the Pacers. The Pacers should have beat them. Let's keep it a buck. The Pacers should have beat them. I feel like the Hawks should have beat them. If you want me to keep it a buck, the Hawks should have beat them. But they were not able to sustain a good lead, and they weren't able to continue to knock down shots. They play Detroit on Friday. That's a win. They play Toronto. I don't know how that's going to go. I think Toronto can give them a game. They then play Chicago. Chicago, they lost to the 76ers on last night, but I think Chicago will give them a game. And then you have Orlando. Orlando Orlando will shock you, but I don't think they're going to shock Kevin Durant and the Nets. The Pelicans, they've been shocking. They were pressing up on the Suns, but I don't think they're going to beat the Nets. Like, the, the next best team that they play is the Warriors. And the Warriors have been playing great defense, and this is, you know, Kevin Durant's, like, first, and granted, he doesn't play in, you know, he, like, um, he doesn't play in the Chase Center until I believe February is when he finally goes back to, you know, um, the Chase Center. He goes back to Oakland, you know, his first time back with fans because he went back last year, but it was no fans. This is the first time he goes back with fans. But the best team that they're going to play is going to be the Warriors this, 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 you know, this schedule in November. Now, they play the Knicks on the 30th. They do play the Knicks. But my only thing with the Knicks is that I want to see where the Knicks are by the end of November, because I think that the Knicks are going to run into some problems. You know what I'm saying? But the Nets, the Bulls, the Warriors, that's going to be interesting to see. And I think the Suns could be interesting too, but I think the Nets can beat the Suns. If you have a healthy Kevin Durant, 
if James Harden finds some way to score, but if you're facilitating James, give me 15 assists. If you're facilitating and you're giving me, you know, give me 16 real game points. Like not no fillers, not no, hey, I'm scoring now that the game is over. Don't give me a stat pad at 16. Give me a good 14-16. Give me like 12 to 14 assists and you're fine. Kevin Durant is going to pick up the rest and then hopefully Patty Mills is hitting. Hopefully LaMarcus Aldridge fills it up for you. Hopefully Joe Harris is knocking down the jumper and you'll be fine. But the Nets are probably going to have a pretty favorable record going into December and we know that really big game is going to be a, is going to be against the Lakers on Christmas Day. So we know that that's going to be the really big game uh, on their schedule. Um but with the Nets, we'll see what's going on with them. Uh, the Bulls have been getting it. They are the comeback kids. They lost against the 76ers. DeMar DeRozan has been heating it up. Uh, man, shout out to Patrick Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams got injured. I believe he fractured his hand. Uh, and it's such a sad situation because a lot of folks were calling Patrick Williams. They were calling him the X factor. Like They were calling him the paw. <laughs> they were saying that Patrick Williams was the paw. He's, he was the second coming of Kawhi Leonard, how he was able to lock down defenders, and he has to sit out for the rest of the season. And I thought, and I think that he would have been a big part for, like for the Bulls, but it's always next year. You know, I don't think the Bulls are going to get to the finals this year. You never know in this NBA, and especially with COVID still being a problem, as we see COVID is ravaging, you know, these different teams. They're, they're ravaging, um, it like like you know, COVID is ravaging the Cavaliers right now. Like Kevin Love and Laurie Marketing are out. You know what I'm saying? COVID is popping up and is and is, you know, it is it's still making its effect. Tobias Harris is out with, with COVID protocol. And I think he actually does have COVID and he's experiencing symptoms, even though he's vaccinated. Um, and you know, I think he's gonna be just fine because of his vaccination status. He's vaccinated. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that vaccine's gonna do his job and hope that you know Tobias gets better soon. But, like, COVID is still undefeated, man. COVID is still undefeated. So that can still be a deterrent to a season. So you never know what could happen with COVID still being a lingering thing. But I think the Bulls, you have to look at the Bulls seriously as contenders. Let's look at the Bulls real quick. Let's look at, you know, the Bulls and how things have shaped up for them, right? So I did... Something where I talked about this actually on ColorCast. And I looked at the Bulls' schedule. Because, like, the Bulls play a very tough schedule coming up. All right? And they play some really tough teams. Like, they pulled off a win against the Celtics. So, they they played the Knicks and they lost. All right? They gave the Jazz their first loss of the season. All right? 1-1. They played Boston and came all the way back and beat Boston on Monday. But on yesterday, they lost to Philadelphia. Then they're running back with Philadelphia on Saturday. And we'll see if the Bulls can put something together. Joel Embiid does not look well. Joel Embiid definitely looks like he's laboring. But I think that Joel Embiid is fighting through the injury because he knows that Ben Simmons isn't there. Uh, But Brooklyn, they play Brooklyn next. That's going to be a test. They played Dallas. We'll see what Luca can do because Luca's a one-man show. They play Golden State. Golden State is not to be played with right now. They are balling. The Clippers will be, I think, will be an easy win for the Bulls. The Lakers, uh, I think that by the time they play the Lakers, LeBron will be back. So I think that LeBron will be back for that game. So I don't know how that one will go. 
Portland's been struggling. They lost to uh, the Cavaliers. So Portland's been struggling. Denver's been struggling. The Knicks, the Knicks gave them a run, man. The Knicks beat them. You know what I'm saying? So will the Knicks run it back and beat them again? So they're playing a lot of tough teams, plus they play Miami on the 27th. So, man, I want to see how good the Bulls can do against the Warriors and the Heat's defense. And against, like, high-octane offenses, like the Warriors – have a high-octane offense with Steph. And also, also you got Jordan Poole going crazy. Then you have Luka that's coming to town. You have Kevin Durant. And then you also have James Harden. If he gets it together, they're coming to town. I want to see what the Bulls can do. I want to see what the Bulls can do. You know, we'll see. But I think the Bulls are serious. We have to take them serious. The Lakers. So, like I said, LeBron is out. All right? LeBron is going to be out for the next week. Um, I like that they're sitting him out. Um, and I saw somebody say this on Twitter. Uh, this is not an original thought. But the Lakers are playing the long game. The Lakers are playing to make sure that they play into June. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a heavy task. And they will only play that far if Russ, AD, and LeBron can get it together. I hate that when they're starting to catch a groove and they played the Rockets rather well these past two times. Um, even though there was no reason why the Rockets were winning that second time. It wasn't a back-to-back. Yeah, breaks. And hopefully they don't, like, you know, flop against the Thunder again because that would be, oh, my gosh, people would lambast them on social media if that would happen. But I hate that LeBron is not getting the opportunity to play alongside Russ. But this is what you got Russ for. Like, this is why you didn't trade for Buddy Hill. You got Russ because you know that LeBron is getting older and you know that Russell Westbrook, barring he stays healthy, and normally he does stay healthy, is your insurance policy if LeBron gets injured or Anthony Davis gets injured. Because what you saw last year is that the Lakers slid to seventh because LeBron and Anthony Davis were out for the majority of the season interchangeably. LeBron gets injured against the Hawks. He's out for a couple of months, comes back. He's not the same player. Anthony Davis, his name is now because of Charles Barkley's street clothes. So he has, you know, that streak of injuries. So you get Russ to have an insurance policy to make sure that things are going to be, you know, on the up and up, you know. So in general, I believe that Russ is going to have a, a, a big night. I think that Russ is not going to take that loss likely, but I will be watching. I did not expect for the Thunder to win last time. I will be watching, and I want to just say the Thunder have not won a game since they took that game from the Lakers. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But we're almost out of time. I, one day in the future, will be live on ColorCast, and I guess I will give away uh, the Kevin Durant jersey at some point in time. But I do want to give my predictions for what's going to happen on this NBA weekend, all right? So let's start with tonight. So the Heat versus the Celtics, the Heat are going to annihilate the Celtics. The Suns versus the Rockets, the Suns should win. But let's really take a look out at the Suns because they're going through a lot with this situation with Robert Sarver. The Lakers should decimate the Thunder, but you never know. On Friday, the Nets play the Pistons. The Nets should win. The Spurs play the Magic. Interesting. I think the Spurs can win that one. The Grizzlies play the Wizards. That's going to be a very sneaky game of the week. So you need to watch that game. The Wizards have been playing well under Wes Unsell Jr. John Moran is playing like he wants to be the MVP. That's going to be a good game on Friday at 7 p.m. 
I'm going to go with the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies have really been balling. And Desmond Bain and John Moran have been improving their play this year. So they're going to go really far. The Cavaliers versus the Rockets. Another sneaky good game. We'll see how the COVID protocols will affect the Cavaliers. But I don't know if they'll be able to get over the Rock of the Raptors. The Raptors have been playing surprisingly well. So I think the Raptors are going to get this win. The Knicks versus the Bucks. Ooh, the Bucks have been stinging it up out here. But I don't know if Giannis is going to allow himself to lose to the Knicks. It'll all depend on the Knicks' defense. But I am going to go with the Knicks. But we'll see what Giannis does. The Clippers versus the Timberwolves. Timberwolves got that easy. Warriors versus Pelicans. Warriors easily. Blazers and Pacers. I think the Pacers are going to beat Dame. And the Hornets versus the Kings, another pretty good game because the Hornets, they did lose to the Warriors, but it was such a fun game seeing them go against each other. All right, we got Saturday, the Rockets and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are going to win that game. Jazz and Heat, another really good game for the weekend. It's so many good games. Oh, my God. It's so many good games, man. Like, what in the world? So, man, the Jazz and the Heat, the Jazz... I think Heat win. He gonna win that game. He definitely gonna win that game. The 76ers and the Bulls, I believe that the Bulls have something to prove and they will win this edition. The Celtics versus the Mavericks, I believe that the Celtics will rally to beat the Mavericks, but it'll be close. The Hawks versus the Suns, I think the Hawks are gonna lose against the Jazz, but they might snatch one against the Suns on Saturday. The Lakers versus the Blazers, I think the Lakers will get it together and they'll look really great and they'll hold down the fort for LeBron. And then on Sunday, the Nets versus the Raptors. I think the Raptors can really get this win. But if James Harden keeps playing the way that he, he's playing, I don't know if the Nets have a chance. But if James Harden shows up and if he gets a billion free throws, he'll win. The Cavaliers versus the Knicks. The Knicks have that. The Jazz versus the Magic. The Jazz have that. The Bucks versus the Wizards. The Wizards have that. The Kings versus the Pacers. Um... I'll say the Kings. The Kings have that one. The Spurs versus the Thunder. The Spurs. The Rockets versus the Warriors. Oh, the Warriors. The Warriors are going to win two straight. And then you have the Hornets versus the Clippers. I think the Hornets win that one, all right? So that is my preview of what's going on this weekend. Make sure to stay locked in for all of these games. It's looking really good. And I will try my best to go live from ColorCast on next week. And hopefully, if you listen in, You'll get a Kevin Durant jersey. You'll be in the running to get a Kevin Durant jersey. And I might be color casting on tonight the Celtics versus the Heat. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But outside of that, I will see you on the other side. You're listening to Pulse Radio. Pulse Radio.